As we turn now to God's word so that it might be read and proclaimed on this Palm Sunday, I invite you to join your hearts with mine. Please pray with me. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, in whom all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. As we open the scriptures to read, sing, and meditate upon your holy word, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the Psalms. This is the traditional Psalm reading on Palm Sunday. It comes from Psalm 118. I will read the first two verses and then verses 19 through 29. So listen now for the word of God to the church. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Our New Testament reading comes, as I mentioned, uh, in the children's message from the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter. I will read from the New Revised Standard Version, verses 1 through 11. So listen now for the word of God once more to the church on this festal day. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This moment when Jesus enters Jerusalem on the first day of Holy Week, attested in all four Gospels, is known by many as the triumphal entry. The designation is, to be honest, pretty ironic. Yes, there is celebration. Yes, there is shouting. Yes, Jesus is addressed with titles of great respect, king, prophet, son of David, the blessed one who comes in the name of the Lord. But it's hard to miss the irony of the statement, look, your king is coming to you humble, humble and mounted on a donkey. It must have been somewhat of a disappointment. After all, the people of Jerusalem knew how a king was usually welcomed, and they had to know that this was not it. A king comes in on a proud chariot, not a humble donkey. A king is heralded by trumpets, not the shouts of children. A king is accompanied by a procession of distinguished aides and dignitaries, not an unremarkable crowd of fishermen, tax collectors, and women. A king's entourage marches in with waves of polished weaponry, not waves of leafy branches. Look, Jerusalem, in walks your so-called king coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey. Disappointed. That had to be the word. Disappointed, the grand messianic expectations of the Jews who had been searching across the years for a savior who would come holding all the cards of earthly power, military prowess, diplomatic brilliance, worldly wisdom, personal magnetism, and physical strength. How could this possibly be the long-awaited son of David? How could this parade possibly change the world? Disappointed, the hopes of the man riding that donkey, who has been trying for weeks to explain to his closest companions that he will suffer and die at the hand of the chief priests and the scribes. Can his friends not see that he is now walking into a trap Do these people shouting hosannas realize how shallow and weak their devotion is? How quickly their chance of praise will turn to calls for his death? Disappointed. Those of us who read this age-old story again, nearly 2,000 years removed from these events, people who are confused and perplexed by a world that is still ravaged by all the things that the Messiah was supposed to change. 
Sin still plagues us. Powers still persecute us. Death still stalks us and haunts us. We too are a bit disappointed. We're disappointed that we cannot gather as the body of Christ in ways that have sustained the church for two millennia. We are disappointed in those who did not heed the early signs of this pandemic and the warnings of experts, those who scoffed and dismissed the evidence, deepening the crisis in which we now find ourselves. We are disappointed that loved ones are being unfairly deprived of so many precious rites of passage, graduations, proms, Weddings, baptisms, final seasons, stage performances, moments that they have been working so hard to reach, all seemingly lost like smoke in the wind of our present reality. Families who are grieving the loss of loved ones are having to endure the additional pain and indignity of saying goodbye in small, limited ways. Six feet of distance, adding to the emotional and spiritual distance that they are feeling. Even those who are dying of this insipid virus are forced to die mostly alone, in isolation. And then we add to that the normal disappointments that come with living, all the ways that life just does not work out the way we hoped that it would. Despite the children waving branches, despite the glorious hosannas and fanfares of choir and brass, Palm Sunday has always borne a little sense of this disappointment simply because it begins our descent into the dark valley of Holy Week. In these days to come, we will recall again the depths of our weakness, our faithlessness, our fears and our faults and our failures. Only by walking this painful descent can we appreciate the blessed ascent to the gift of Easter. In other words, we must allow ourselves to name our earthly disappointment in order to experience the relief of heavenly grace. All of this reminds me of one of the wisest things that my father has ever said to me. It was years and years ago, but I still remember the pain like it was yesterday. I was on the phone with my parents telling them about a job opportunity that I had really wanted. I knew in my heart that I was a good choice for this job. I had worked hard. I had prepared well, I thought. I thought I was the perfect choice. In the end, though, I didn't even get a first interview. And it just didn't make sense to me. It didn't seem fair to me. And they understood what I was feeling. They understood the depth of my disappointment. But then dad said the thing that shed a completely new light on that darkness I was experiencing. Have you thought, my dad said, that this might be God's way of looking out for you?
on this Palm Sunday and all that we are experiencing in this time, that is the message that shines the brightest in the story of this so-called triumphal entry. Lost opportunities disappoint us. Closed doors disappoint us. Other people can disappoint us. The circumstances of life can really disappoint us. But amid all these disappointments, we still prepare ourselves to meet once again a Savior who does not always act in ways that we understand, whose motives are not always clear to us, and whose light is not always visible in the darkness that we feel. But have you ever thought that this humble king who chooses a donkey over a chariot, who cherishes the cheers of children more than the roar of an army, whose people brandish not swords but palm branches, might just be God's way of looking out for you. Amen.